All right. Good morning. Welcome. Coffee with Kim is happening again. I hope you guys have some good coffee this morning. Mine is lukewarm and kind of sad, but that's okay. There will be more later today, I'm certain. Uh, Today I wanted to continue our conversation on anxiety. I don't know if this is really a conversation. This is me talking to my computer. So if you guys want to write in with questions and commentary, I would love it. Anyway, uh, so continuing with anxiety, I did remember to pull up the DSM today, as well as a couple of other statistics that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, Sorry, y'all. I'm getting better at this, I promise. Guys is my gender neutral term, but I'm trying to adjust. (laughs) Y'all. Um... Okay, so with the uh, DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical, I don't know. It's the big fancy book written by many, 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 many doctors that we use to diagnose people. Super excited. So anxiety is uh, any disorder that shares features of excessive fear and anxiety and related behavioral issues. Fear is defined as the emotional response to real or perceived imminent threat, whereas anxiety is anticipation of a future threat. Uh, So I talked about yesterday the anxiety, that fear of a future event, Um, which for me, because I've been working on this for so long, is annoying now. Um, but that's just where I am with my anxiety. For a lot of people, it is scary and exhausting and overwhelming. And I, I get that. Um, it is possible to make it into something that is just annoying in your life. Uh, that takes many years of therapy, uh, many years of choosing to work through it, choosing to, uh, analyze and choosing to, you know, address it. Uh, the cool, I guess cool, I don't know. The statistics I was able to pull up uh, was that 19.1% of adults, which is about 48 million people in the United States, uh, suffer from anxiety or an anxiety-related disorder. That being said, uh, this study done by the National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH, uh, was dated from 2001 to 2003. So my guess is that number has changed pretty significantly. Uh, you know, we're looking at, I can't do math that fast, 19 to 17 to 19 years old as far as the studies go, right? That's math. Oy, it's too early in the morning and I haven't had enough coffee. Uh, anyway, these are older statistics Uh, Some of the newer statistics weren't done by the Institute of Mental Health or any of my standard credible sources that I know of. Uh, So please feel free to research, shoot me some statistics and uh, resources because I would love it. Uh, Anyway, so this is talking about, you know, most likely your friend, your neighbor, your sibling, your parent, whoever uh, has anxiety or lives with some form of anxiety and fear. Uh, And that's okay. You know, the the cool thing is you're not alone. Uh, We we like it when we're not alone. That's why we're such uh, community-based creatures. Uh, 
So with that in mind, I want you to think about how you interact with your neighbors, with your family, with your friends. And are you, are you helping them? You know, we're, we're a community. And one of my dreams is for people to get back to that, uh, to get back to wanting to care for one another. Uh, and I know that's a huge soppy, sappy dream. Uh, but I can wish, I can dream about that, right? Uh, I, I grew up in a household that was very community-based. It was not, you know, one one or the other or everyone on their own. It was, we're cooking dinner as a family. And I realize now as an adult that that's a pretty rare, uh, rare household uh, in the communities that I've been living in recently, which is Cary, North Carolina, which there's a lot of cultural aspects at play with all of this. Anyway, I'm off topic from anxiety. Community, culture, and supportiveness is yet another thing to talk about at a later date. That being said, anxiety, very prevalent, super thing. Uh, And there are a lot of ways to treat anxiety. Uh, So I mentioned last time CBT, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. That's my personal favorite with this, I guess. I don't know. That's what I've found to be successful for me because it's how my brain works. There are several other methods of moving through anxiety. Uh, I encourage you to research them and tell me what you think is a cool idea. (laughs) And let me know. I'm obviously biased because, again, CBT is what's worked for me. Um, and it is that true examination and the almost scientific study of how your thoughts and behaviors, uh, interact. Uh, what is it called? R-E-B-T, which is rational, emotive, emotional, rational. I think it's rational, emotive behavioral therapy. I could be wrong on that one. Uh, is another form of kind of analyzing the thought emotion process. Uh, there are different forms of therapy. Hey, look, more podcasts for me to talk about uh, that that work with anxiety. Ultimately, you want to embrace therapy that works for you. Uh, most therapists are going to be flexible and work with you on what type of skills, what type of experience is going to help you most in resolving anxiety, resolving depression, resolving whatever uh, you end up bringing to therapy that day. Because yes, it changes by day. Anyway, that's Coffee with Kim today. And I hope you enjoy your coffee. And if you want to know more about anxiety, tune in tomorrow. And I'll talk about something to do with anxiety. Not sure yet, but we'll figure it out. Have a great day, y'all.